and welcome back to yet another edition of Kent and the Steering Team for another week. As always, you are joined by myself, Phil, my good mates Bianca and Drew. Unfortunately, there is no Kent this week. He um, was asked to go out and buy some hooch, and unfortunately now he's stuck with a dog de Bordeaux. Anyway, on with the show. Team, how are we? Yeah, good, Joel. How are you? That's funny. That's an inside joke, and thanks, Drew. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I almost said Joel. Oh, it's been yeah. a running gag for a while that... I get called Joel. And, oh. and, and you call me Joel. I do. So. I call everyone everything, everyone the wrong name. I have friends called James and Bruno, and I always call Bruno James, and I call James Bruno. James. <laughs> no, I get that wrong. Um, but yes, how are we, team? How are you, Bianca? Yes. I'm good. Yes? Yeah. Good. Well, you're smiling, so it's a good start. It is. I actually think I just hit point of delirious because I'm really tired. Oh, oh lovely. We're recording um, at midnight on a day. We won't tell you which day it is, depending on when this gets uploaded. Which day? The um, Commonwealth Day. The Commonwealth Day, indeed. Um, on this edition of the show, we have some interesting <coughs> topics. We do they, they span from the Golden Globes, not to be confused with um, Golden Eggs. Um, and we also have a little bit of an on Ospol, as in Australian politics, as in what a shit fight that is, as in go fuck yourself, politicians, um, on the liberal side mostly. Um, and finally, we'll wrap it up with a little bit of um, humor. A little bit of humor with um, some holidays gone wrong. A little trip down memory lane because we do love our nostalgia. Exactly. Drew, why don't you take us from the beginning, or will, will Bianca like to, or somebody please rescue me and be. The person talking about the things, the Golden Globes. Well, we're going to kick into the Golden Globes because we did have our predictions the other week with where we thought it was going. And it's we're going to go through what the results were. What's, what I think is most interesting from that is I paid absolutely no attention to the Golden Globes whatsoever. And I didn't even know they were happening until I think it's probably Bianca and my um, highlight, which was Jason Sudeikis wearing a hoodie. Um, a hoodie and not a suit while everyone else everyone else on the entire production of the whole thing dressed up from home were sitting at home on their webcams no, with suits on that's not true no, that's not true bill murray didn't either bill murray didn't oh, bill, yeah, murray, no, doesn't bill murray doesn't even <laughs> rock up there in a suit he doesn't exactly he doesn't i think count. he wore like a hawaiian shirt from that sounds like bill murray memory yeah so he doesn't count so it was just no. jason today <laughs> that was out of character and um in a tangent to that, I think right off the bat, yep. um, I saw that and I read that and I read it because the article I read about it, not yep. knowing it was the Golden Globes, yep. was, man, looks like he's really having a depressing time of it all, seeing as him and Olivia Wilde have split up, to which I said, a what? And yeah. Bianca said, yeah. Yeah, he's dating, um, she is dating, sorry, Harry Styles. Yeah, so you knew that. And I didn't know that till I read the end of the article and I was like, oh, so that's that's new for me, and that's tragic because they're probably the the nicest. I mean, he was punching well and truly, but oh, um, yeah. but yeah, it was they were wonderful, and I can't believe that it's it's so sad when people that you don't know anything about. Um, she's had an interesting trajectory because she was married to a prince and then was with Jason Sudeikis, and now Harry Styles. Hold on, were they were they together when um, she, she was, was on House? What no, no, prince? she was married. Was that the prince then? No, not prince, a prince. No, I know that, but what prince was she married to? Oh, I uh, um, Do you remember um, A king remember. formerly known as Prince. Also, I have to look it up. <laughs> I always get Jason to the Dacus and, and Ed, Ed Helms mixed, mixed up. up. Yeah, yeah, that I can, I can, I believe that. Which Ed. is frustrating because I would have preferred to see Jason Sudeikis in the Vacation reboot sequel. 
that. Instead of Ed Helms. It was reboot. He would have been much better at but Rusty. I, but I think they wouldn't have done that because he's already been in a movie where he had to play a dad in an On a RV. Holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we are the Millers. And he's yeah. already acted with Charlie Day in Horrible Bosses. Oh, such a good movie. I want to rewatch those movies. So do I. So but good. we're going on tangents yeah, yeah, again. Yeah, sorry. Um, let's, look, um, Golden you, Globes. You guys are the ones that have the highlights, really, of this, because funnily enough, you've actually seen more of the Golden Globes than so, I have. So well, I've, I've actually only seen most of just the funny parts, which was, I can't remember who's, um, one of the winners' audio got cut off and you've deleted him because I knew he was at the top. Um yeah, one of the winners. I haven't audio got him. Cut off. What were you talking about? Get to the point. When he uh, someone's audio was cut off. Yeah, someone's audio was cut off while they were doing their speech. Daniel Kaluuya, Sasha Baron Cohen. Could be Daniel Kaluuya. Anyway, I feel like it was, but anyway, his audio was cut off, and then they like went to Laura Dern, and she was like, "Okay, well, we've having some technical difficulties." And then she kind of awkwardly went off stage and then they just snapped back to him and he's like, you done me dirty. You done me dirty. Oh my and they're God. like, is my audio actually working? And they're like, yeah, the audio's working. I go, oh, okay, now I can save my speech. Because, um, like, obviously, COVID, everything was... Um, it sounds like something he would have done. <laughs> yeah, online. And then what was the other funny thing that happened? Something. Oh, well, just... Well, uh, Don Cheadle, during um, Jason Sudeikis' speech, started to do the wrap it up sign because he was like John Sudeikis did take a really long time for his speech and John Cheadle clearly got bored because he's just like I think he was well obviously he was joking John Cheadle jokes a lot but Don Cheadle Don Cheadle sorry who's Don Cheadle again um the better war machine not not the tiny really the guy who replaced the tiny oh penis. no not Martin Lawrence Terrence Lawrence. Terrence Lawrence <laughs> <laughs> Terrence Lawrence <laughs> Not Martin Lawrence. Who's Martin Lawrence? Martin Lawrence um, is the guy bad from Men in Black. Uh, sorry, <laughs> not Men in Black. The one that acts <laughs> with the guy from Men in Black in Bad Boys. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. That was the least. That was the least professional couple. All right, so we're moving into delirious state here for Bianca. So I'm just going to cut through our notes. Yes. Jason Sudeikis in a hoodie. We've just discussed that. Don Cheadle signaling to Sudeikis to wrap it up. We've just gone through that. Interview with the kids asking them what they know about award shows, and they all knew nothing until they were asked who Chadwick Boseman is. Wait, who asked that? Kids. Yeah, so they asked us a bunch of kids. Why do they ask kids? Because they had no entertainment. Because they're, because they're not all in the same room. They didn't have entertainment. So one of the entertaining things that they did was they interviewed a bunch of kids who were all really adorable and were asking them, like, Who's Jane Fonda? And they go, a lady who can walk, which was so funny. And then, it would be funnier if she couldn't. But and then, It would be funny if she couldn't. <laughs> the irony would make it intense. <laughs> and then they still add it. Um, no, and then they were like, and, who, and then the final question they asked them is, who's Chadwick Boseman? And they all got so excited and were like, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Black Panther. Forever. Then one of the guys is like, one, one of the kids is like, Chadwick Boseman is a really good person. The Black Panther was <laughs> a really yeah. Good imagine person. one of the people went was no like what why was he dead? No, no, he but he won. <laughs> then He's you make a four year old cry. Yeah, but that that would have been hilarious. They should have done that. Oh, 
look, realistically, there are many people nominated who would have behaved like four-year-olds when they found out they didn't win. True. Yep. Lucky yeah. you can... This year is very lucky that they could actually just turn off your the stream. camera. Oops. <laughs> I just... Hmm. Um, oops, it just dropped out, I guess. Okay, so let's start with yes. the winners. Yes. Um, we haven't got all of them, but we've got a good deal of them. Yes. We've got the ones that are somewhat interesting. Um, just kicking off the best picture drama... Nomad Land, which I think we, we did discuss that. We were I don't like, know what yeah, the hell that is. reckon this will be the one from um, Chloe Zhao, directed with Frances McDormand in it. I don't know who any of those people are. No, I've just gone blank. Yeah, it just it was the one that was sort of flying under the radar, but the critics all adored it. It I didn't think Mancore or Trial of the Chicago 7 were going to win. Question in the next category the comedy or musical winner. Oh, yeah. Um, are you disappointed that Palm Springs didn't get it? Are you disappointed that The Prom didn't get it? Or music? Oh, The Prom And wait, sucked. was musical? Was Hamilton a musical? How is it a movie? Just because it was so, released on Disney Plus doesn't make it a movie. Music? No, Hamilton. No, Hamilton. Hamilton. Oh, no, it was a um, musical. I'm, why is it a, why is it why is it nominated for as a movie? Because it was released as a movie this year. No, it they had wasn't. to actually it edit it and direct it. It was on Disney Plus and it was a release of the Hamilton of the stage play, it doesn't count to me. It didn't have a theatrical window, which I find interesting that it made it into here. Um, I would have liked music or Palm Springs to have um, had more of a chance, but I like that they got nominated. Borat won, which is debatable to say the least. Yes. I still haven't seen the prom. It sucks. Don't roll up. Which one is the prom? The uh, Nicole Kidman, Meryl Streep, oh, James yeah, Corden. Meryl Streep is amazing, and then James Corden is just like why? James Corden is probably one of the biggest disasters to happen to Hollywood since Ellen DeGeneres and um, Nicole Kidman's just falling apart. All right. Anyway, moving right along. Yeah. Um, actress in a drama, Andrew Day, The United States versus Billie Holiday. That film alone was getting a lot of um, a lot of press to it. Oh, was this the, one of the ones that I'd never heard of? Yeah, yep. it is, because I've never heard of it. Yep. Next. Actor in a drama, <laughs> Chadwick Boseman. No, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Actually, that's a pretty... She, he did well. I did watch that. I've not heard of that um, one either. Well, I like the story of Ma Rainey anyway, so I that's why I watched. I, I would have assumed he would have won anyway. But he but did well. It was a good movie, and it did well. Should have been Gary Oldman Ac again. Yeah. Actress did he won before now? Yeah. Did he finally win it for... Um, he won the Oscar for the, the Winston Churchill yeah. film. Okay, yeah. which I still haven't seen. Continue. Actress in a comedy or musical, we've got Rosamund Pike for I Care A Lot. No, that's I never heard been, of that either. That's been getting a lot of good buzz. Actor in a comedy or musical, Sasha Baron Cohen for Borat. Now, apparently, this is quite an auspicious occasion because this is the first time an actor has won the mm. same award, as far as the Golden Globes go, the, winning the same award twice for the same character in two separate movies. You know Why was James Corden nominated? Yeah, you know what I was going to actually say about that, Bianca? I was actually going to say what I think is most interesting about this entirely so far. What an underwhelming, uninteresting list of nominees mm. so far. Uh, Dev Patel is the only one, for I think. everything. In this category, I think Dev Patel is the only and, one who could have probably been a good call. And also... And I've I, only seen the trailer. I also have to say that it was only a month and a half ago that I understood that David Copperfield wasn't just a weird kind of um, interesting magician. story about the magician. <laughs> <laughs> and it was actually a, um, a book by Dickens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, I would have liked to have seen Andy Samberg win that one, but... Oh, can I say the next one? 
you can say the next one. No, actually, I can't say the name of that movie, but I'll say the name of the person. Supporting actress no. for okay. the Mauritanian. No, but you have to say it in her accent. Oh, the Mauritanian. Is that the Titanic? Um, the one they were referenced, the Titanic as being the other boat that was far greater? No, this is a far greater and far more luxurious. That's what um, Hal says at the start of it. Anyway, doesn't matter, Drew. That's a little Titanic quote there for you. Um, no, but um, this one, supporting actress, the winner, was Jodie Foster in... Again, not, not the accused, the, but the more, more I can't they say, say it, it like Johnny Foster. I can't the say Jodie Foster's accent. Jodie Foster, you just have to do Jodie Foster. Yes, the more, the more, the more, the more, the Mauritanian. She's supporting actress. Supporting actor now, the winner in the supporting actor category was what, Drew? Supporting actor went to Daniel Kalua for Judas and the Black Messiah. Which one's David Kalua? So, yes, the, Daniel he is the one who. Daniel Kalua. Daniel Kalua is. <laughs> he is the one that got cut off his audio cut. He is but the dude he? from Get Out. Oh, legend. Yes. Yeah, yeah go got you. He's got his start in skins. Legendary. Is he in skins? Yeah, he is. He's in skins. Um, he was also one of the writers for skins. Which the best. Season? First two. Really? Yep. Wow. Who was I don't remember. I he's he's um, one of the other guys that goes to the college with them that's always doing the music and, and the DJ. Oh my god, he is. That's him. Yeah. I never And he was one of the writers for the show. It is never Kalua clicked. A drink? It is a drink. Okay. It's um, coffee liqueur. The um the direct best director now. This one's an interesting one. This is Chloe Zhao Zhao for Nomadland. Land. Nomad Land? Nomad Land. Did I say that? Nomad Land. You said Nomad Land. Nomadland. Sorry, just Nomadland. to put the e emphasis in the wrong spot. Nomadland. Not the emphasis Nomadland. here is that Philip has no idea who this person is Correct. or the movie that they've made. Well, I've not seen Mank. I've not seen um, One Night in Miami. I've not seen The Trial of the Chicago 7. Oh, I haven't seen I've not Mank. seen... I'm not Mank. seen... Yeah, Mank. Like, oh, no, because I'm s sitting back and I, was got, Monk. I thought Monk. it was Monk this entire time. Yeah, <laughs> Tony Shalob came out of retirement to make a movie. <laughs> oh, my well, God. Well, he did, he did, did come out of he retirement. to do... Um, uh, an ISO special. Uh, no, before that even, he did another. What was the one from a couple of years ago that was brilliant? Um, uh, Get Hard. Not Get Hard. Um, the one with, with The Rock and Mark Wahlberg. Oh, Pain and Gain. Pain and Gain. Thank you. Okay. Uh, on to screenplay, Aaron Sorkin, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Honestly, anything Aaron Sorkin writes, he should just get the award. I Didn't... So, Aaron Sorkin what, uh, is officially... The first, well, one, no, he's a part of a group that this is like his third movie mm -hmm. that he's won for. Yeah. And um, there's only like two other directors who has ever done that. Yeah. Who are we talking about? Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. Wait, director writer. or writer? Sorry. Writer. Oh, so, yeah, because he won for that. The Social Network and... What was your tidbit that no one else has won before? No, no, he's the, like, there's only now two other writers no, multiple, one multiple. who have won this It wasn't category for the Steve Jobs times. movie, was it? Which, yeah, which Steve one? Steve Jobs. The Social, Social Network. Network. Which Steve Jobs ones? The, um... The Michael Fassbender one. Oh, that was crap. Yeah, the other one um, was much better. The other one was much better because, um, what's his name? Does a great job at being Steve Jobs. Yeah, he's perfect. Uh, animated film, Soul. I thought you wrote Self, to be honest. Because I saw it just because it's got the um, quotation marks. It looks like Sal. Um, original score, the winner. Also Sol. Was also Sol. Uh, Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross defeated themselves in that category. Legendary. Yep. Uh, foreign language film. This was one we discussed quite a lot on yeah. the... Um, is this the controversial one? That yeah, yeah. This is the controversial but you know what? But you know what? Minari. You know what? Because it 
it, it shouldn't be controversial because it literally counts as part of the category. Agreed. Absolutely, I'm glad this one won because yep. suck on that, you yep. assholes being uptight about this thing. This thing yep. deserved it. All right, so we've skimmed through film. We're now into television. The limited series or TV movie winner was The Queen's Gambit, which Absolutely. we all thoroughly Yay! enjoyed. That was excellent. Um, this is, that's the first one I think I've watched. Yes. Oh, and yep. Schitt's Creek. Yep. No, that's the first one on the list for me. Best, so I'm on one. Best drama series, The Crown. I haven't watched that, but I want to watch that. Which beat out The Mandalorian. No, Mandalorian should have won. the first season and I was just like... No, I don't get it. I want to it watch also The beat Crown out it's Ozark. more recent. Ozark Fantastic. I still haven't seen the third season. Uh, comedy Last or musical chance. series was Schitt's Creek, which I, I, I think yeah. we were expecting that. Um, although Ted Lasso would have given it a good run for its money. Actress in a drama, Emma Corrin for The Crown. Emma Corrin, wasn't she the host of um, Today Tonight many years ago? No, that's yeah. Anna, Anna Corrin. Sorry. Close. Oh, uh, actor in a drama, Josh O'Connor, The Crown. Actor in a limited series or TV movie, Anya Taylor, Joy, yes. The Queen's Gambit. Yep. Ooh. Actor in a limited TV series or TV movie, Mark Ruffalo, I Know This Much Is True. He also is now, because of this win, he's got like a certain number of wins that is record-breaking. Wow. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo's the guy, isn't he? The Hulk, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, the Hulk. Oh, I thought you were scared maybe of someone from like Home and Away or something like that. <laughs> What's his name? John, John Ruffalo or something like that. Johnny <laughs> Ruffalo. I don't know. Actress in a comedy or musical. I think we can all agree this was incredibly well-deserving. Catherine O'Hara for Shit's Creek. Absolutely loved her speech where she said they paid me to dress up uh, dress up in wigs and talk like an alien. And I'm like, yes, they did. Yes, I they did. I don't know the reference. Um, have you watched it? No, I didn't oh. find it particularly funny the first season. Actor in a comedy or musical, Jason Sudeikis yeah. for Ted Lasso. And that's where, the, the, that's where the tidbit comes in, the one that we're yes. like, oh, what? I don't know about you guys, but I've seen the first two episodes of it. It is really good. I haven't, but I want to. <laughs> it's Jason. Does it Jason, make you want to sign up for Apple Plus? It kind of did. But then you didn't? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so Jason Sudeikis created the show with Bill Lawrence, the creator of Scrubs. So that's why you're in on it. Yep. I want to watch it, but I just... Uh, it's just... Sorry. I'm thinking of Martin Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Look. Hey, look, we got there. Or, I was... or Mr. Lawrence, the voice of Plankton. <laughs> Look, we're close because I was thinking of Will Smith. The guy from we're so close to the oh, end sorry, of this. Go. Come on, uh, supporting actress Gillian Anderson for The Crown. Yes, supporting actor John Boyega for Small Axe. Let's appreciate that John Boyega has acted in something other than Star Wars or the Pacific Rim. Sequel. I love that so much. Now, Drew, you had um, you were thinking of something early this week. I think we should touch on this interesting. This you're thinking about this this week, and I think we should touch on it anyway, even if our time stretched. Yep. So, tell me what you're thinking. Not directly related to the Golden Globes, but rather the Oscars, because I had thought on how Chadwick Boseman won the Golden Globe for Ma Rainey's, and I, to began- which I made the comment to you that I would have nominated him for literally making an appearance in a magazine even with a picture of him because they would have just given him something this year yep and and which is fine yeah you're celebrating the life of someone yep but it got me thinking back and wondering if heath ledger had not passed away would he have still won the 2009 Best Supporting Actor Oscar for his role as the Joker now, in The Dark Knight. Now, Bianca and I, without knowing the year or the nomination, the other nominations, both said Just absolutely, yes, yes he would have, because that role was fantastic. Who, who though, was up, Drew? It, let's just see if I still stand so, by that. So, 
Look, I, I agree with you guys. Like, I would have immediately just gone, yes, he should have it. Yeah. But his competition was Josh Brolin in Milk as Dan White. No. Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder as Kirk Lazarus. No. No. Philip Seymour Hoffman in Doubt as no. Father Brendan Flynn. No. I don't even know that movie. Michael that movie. Shannon in Revolutionary Road as John Gibbings Jr. No. I could see Michael Shannon or Philip Seymour Hoffman being nominated and possibly winning for either of those. Josh Brolin would have been the outside shot for Milk because of what Milk was. Robert Downey Jr. would have been very interesting. Heath if he Ledger was in the um, role. was in the movie The White Knight, whatever it was, wasn't it? There's some movie in like old school. A Knight's time. Tale. A Knight's Tale. Yes, I think it was because of the with Paul Knight. Bethany. Yeah, we're cool. we were talking about yes, yes. Well, look, I, I, <laughs> I it, what I find interesting is is thinking of him in a movie like that or Ten Things I Hate About You. Yep. yep. I, I just find it strange to, or even um, Brokeback Mountain. I find it really good thing it's not called Bearback Mountain though. <laughs> <laughs> then it's about two bears in the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that can That's be taken in better. many different ways. Yes, yes, it can be anchor. <laughs> Yes, it can. Because they weren't cowboys, they were bears. No, but they can also take it many different ways. Um, so, oh. <laughs> that's what I meant. But, <laughs> but look. Um, Continuing uh, on. But I, I just find it so different to picture him. Um, well, I mean, in some ways, it's probably the second movie that he made where he had white all over his face, just for different reasons. No. But Ew. <laughs> that's what wow. I did. No, but look, um, it was incredible, an incredible performance. And... And I just find it so interesting that he was able to play such a different. But you know, we always we always um, kind of understood that he was a um, a what's the method actor? Yes. But all of his other roles, besides maybe a Knight's Tale, were quite kind of him playing him. You know, you know what I mean? Like he he didn't have to transform himself to be such a. Twisted, he was playing just a regular guy. A, a, a guy, a yeah. normal guy. Well, and now he was playing such an interesting, twisted... And I find that transformation into that role, which yeah. which ultimately broke him. But um, I find it fascinating that he was able to get to that level of depth. I think it was such... That's, the, that's why the role was so iconic. Mm. I think that's the reason why having Jared Leto play... In such a doing such a shit ass job of it too. He w- was such a terrible choice, which I again he's going to be in the new Snyder Cut, That's which is coming out. Another reason why I don't have to watch it. Yes. Um, but so like, he just did such a poor effort. Like last I know he put not a much lot depth. into it, but the the writing was bad, and there was mm. a whole lot of things that were bad for that, and I just. But off the back of off the, the twistedness, back of that. off the back of the twi- twitted, twistedness, yes. I, I think that the version we're going to see in the Snyder Cut is going to be the version we would have liked to have seen rather than what we got in. So will Sport. it be enough? I don't think they're going to be the same. I don't but will it be that, enough? That, that's the, the thing. Way. Will it be enough? And I think that's a lot of that's coming it's off the be fact. Very little. A lot of that is coming off the fact that. Joaquin Phoenix did such an amazing job. I think... And Jared Leto went, oh, I want to do a better job. I think I could totally see <sighs> Heath Ledger's, even though obviously the ages are reversed, mm, Yeah. but Heath Ledger's Joker being the continuation of... 
Yeah. Uh, so could Joaquin I. Phoenix's so yeah. Joker. So could I. I could like, see I it. could see Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. That's how he ended up there. Yes. That was his backstory. I don't even know, like, his... Jared Leto Jared seems Lewis more like, just like... He's Spider-Man weird. 3 level. <laughs> yeah, he really is. He reminds yeah. me a bit of, like, yeah. a Spider-Man 3-esque villain. You know, really? just that, like, really crappy kind of Tobey Maguire clicking his fingers and, oh, there's the Joker. Kind of different worlds, I know. I'm not being that naive. No, no, I get no, but, exactly no, but what I mean. The tone. The tone. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I would agree. Stuff. But, look, no, look. That, that's that's that anyway. I, we are, we're off topic of the fact we'll, that um, we had winners. I, I think we will do a talk about Jokers one night. That, that's Yeah, that's different, portray- different portrayals of the Joker. Yeah. I think that's interesting. For someone that really knows Sweet FA about comics, really, and the depth of it, Talking about WandaVision earlier, We're literally, gonna, is that you're gonna have a lot of fun talking about Joker. But I think that talking about Joker is interesting from someone yes. that has absolutely no idea. Literally, just seeing them on film, I think, is an interesting one. That's not many. Um, we'll go to a commercial. We'll come back after this um, with a little bit of us poll. I think. Indeed. Have you ever wanted to smell like sweat and lemon drop ethanol? Are you looking to attract older borscht women? Then you need to try Old Country Deodorant, made by my cousin Boris in bathtub. It smells like you're wearing no deodorant at all in 50 degree weather, wearing flammable vinyl polyester without the heat rash. Old Country for old men. Do not use after second burning sensation. First one normal. Kent and the steering team are not responsible for any allergic reaction or breathing difficulty that Old Country may cause you. Please see your doctor if burning sensation continues. And we are back. Um, back with some Ospol. Australian politics. Bianca, what a shit show Australian politics has been of late. Why is it a, a shit show this time? You're being very <laughs> generous by calling it such a nice well, name. Well, because the other ways I have to describe it, um, I know we um, have a little E explicit kind of box next to our thing but it's not allowed um i would have to make a lot of formal apologies so i will not be saying the extent of it and we like to be sincere on this show so apologies for that will not be an option correct because i do not feel it i don't think you should apologize for things that you don't feel sorry for to be honest and i wouldn't well i would legally have be obliged to write those (laughs) apologies so So this week in australian politics it it's been a week. It's been a week. Um, Long week. We kind of tried to touch upon it a bit last week mm. in regards to all the fair, uh, the News Corp things. I can say fair facts. Well, it, well, it comes down to also, um, you know, things like Andrew Bolt's um, feature article for Sky News talking about how he thinks it's really unfair that um, old, gross white men keep getting found out for being pedophiles. He thinks it's really not very fair. Mm. Yeah. Well, how dare you accuse old white men for being pedophiles? I know how dare when how, they are. No, no, not not how dare you accuse. How dare you find that they are pedophiles? That's the part that's and ruin their lives. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah stop, poor, stop digging for things. All that those are there. poor men, those poor men, all they're doing is being completely inappropriate with children, which often grow up and end up committing suicide as a result of what's happened to them. But these men get to live their entire lives and then have to have these these crimes I brought up. Feel it's, it's really twenty sad. years later. Yeah, they They've should be allowed to get away with it. it. Yeah, that's true. They have gotten over it. That's right. Yeah. Continue, <laughs> um, Bianca. Tell us about speaking um, of historic this. crimes. So yes. coming off the back of the Brittany Higgins rape scandal last week, in which Minister Linda Reynolds and Prime Minister Scott Morrison's office is has Linda Reynolds. Sorry, Linda Reynolds. Is she the um, the um, Minister for Defence? Yes. Is she, she the is. one that was crying that told her person to get a, the person that was um, alleging these things. 
um, told her to kind of get over it. And then when she was held to question in the Senate, started crying because she, oh, that was very loud. Um, she started questioning this, then oh, being questioned by this by the Senate, started crying and feeling all a bit hard done by and everything because she's a pathetic loser and deserves to lose her job. And yeah, yeah she is. And then when, <laughs> she, you know, to add further to that statement, when Brittany Higgins came out and mm -hmm. started talking about this in public, uh, behind her back in a private conversation, mm. Linda Reynolds, who I keep calling Lindsay for some reason. She's a Lin She looks like a Lindsay. She, is, she looks like a bitch, but it doesn't matter. Continue. Well, she called <laughs> Brittany Higgins a lying cow. Oh, she did. That's right. She did call yeah, her a lying that's cow. That's why that's been hashtag trending. Yeah, she should lose her job as well. Such a formidable insult. A lying cow. Why? Well, she's if, of the generation. Why if? Oh, why if? Um, let's before we even go beyond this part. Why have two people, the Prime Minister and Linda Reynolds. Reynolds, not both lost their job for being completely inept and unable to do this? Why has Scott Morrison as Prime Minister not found his scapegoat in Linda Re Reynolds and, well, he did a little bit, but not entirely, and made her step down? Why, in all the things she, that have she gone wrong... step down, she's taken leave, mental leave. Yeah, because she's having a hard time of it all, because people are being mean to her, because she's got... She's a fucking piece of shit. But so poor her having a hard time of this, because she's a piece of shit. Maybe yeah, she poor needs her. to go to Hawaii as well. Well, I think I, what's interesting, why, and I saw a particular advocate article about this, why is the only politician from the Liberal Party that has been made to step down, the one, Bridget McKenzie or whatever, the one that had the sports rorts, remember those? The ones that were Scott yep. Morrison's own rulings? Yep. Somehow she was responsible for it and she was made to step down? Why is she the only person that the Liberal Party had well, made to step down with all of this shit going on? I'll get Disgraceful. back to the step downs, but let me tell you the story. So... Before we continue, because we Fuck haven't even politics. got into the thing, continue. so because we're so we're also worked up, worked and angry, up about this, passionate, um, furious, murderous rage. Continue. So coming off the back of the Brittany Higgins rape scandal, in which Minister Linda Reynolds and Prime Minister Scott Morrison's office had seemingly mishandled an office sexual assault, Senator Penny Wong, Senator Sarah Hansen Young, and Prime Minister Scott Morrison all received a matching letters detailing how a Liberal cabinet minister. At the time when this news article was when released. When was this? Was this in... On Friday. Was this is this happened? No, when did this happen? When did the letters get sent out? Was this the one that was last so, April? So, the, so the, la the, the letters were sent out, but they were only opened last Friday. I'm not completely sure, mm. but I think you're right. Last April they were mm. received by the office. <clears throat> um, so they all... The, sorry. They received matching letters detailing how Liberal Cabinet Minister had raped a 16-year-old in 1988... How a mysterious Liberal cabinet minister, I should emphasize. That makes it a pedophile case. Continue. In the Sydney, in the Sydney, uh, uh, in the Sydney, in Sydney, but in specifically the Redfern region, because we knew that the case was originally gone to the Redfern police station, so it had to happen within this area. Um, after a week of speculation in which most of the public had already assumed the alleged rapist was Attorney General Christian Pedophile Porter, rapist. Alleged pedophile rapist. Because of the fact that in 1988 he was at a Sydney University debate championship in, um, and he was the only minister who it kind of all lined up with. Mm -hmm. And that also lined up with the fact that it would be in Redfin Precinct. Um, so, yeah, uh, everyone had already guessed that it was Porter. Christian Porter outed himself and cried on camera on how he was actually the victim. Suck it up, princess. Who didn't want false accusations to kill the careers of men. Meanwhile, the actual victim, who we will keep nameless, um, killed herself. So 
don't kill the careers, but please, you know, victims. Kill yourself. Yeah, basically. apparently, according to Good Chris advice, Porter. Chris. Take that advice. Um, she killed herself after beginning the process to report the sexual assault to the police, but when the process took too long due to COVID because she lived in South Australia, New South Wales police have to take statements in person. They can't take it over the phone. But they couldn't send the someone because of... Because of border yeah. closures, they couldn't send anyone over. Um, she withdrew her statement and sadly took her own life. <sighs> Did either of you watch the conference? No. The Chris Porter's one? Chris Porter's, yeah. Um, have I you saw watched him, the highlights? I, yeah, very, very few highlights because, my God, I felt like punching the, the, the computer screen in. Um, but I knew that it wouldn't reach his face, so therefore I just had to turn it off. Because <clears throat> I'm, I'm getting really sick of um, politics in this country being so forgiving. And again, it, it kind of relates to what we were talking about last week, week before, whenever it was, about um, the, the Murdoch um, inquiry and about the fact that there is so much bias in this. This was so left out of Murdoch media this last week, with the main issue being um, the fact that some Dr. Seuss books were taken off the shelves because um, work culture. The fact that that was the number one story from Murdoch Media at a time like this disgraces, like disgusts me and it is, is disgraceful. And um, the fact that there is, I don't often think that I'm above people, but I think that I'm above um, liberal voters in the sense that how can you support a party and be so easily misguided? I know that there's absolute misguidance um, on the left of politics. I know that we are absolutely kind of um, not accepting of some of the stuff that happens um, on the left. And I know that another letter was sent out to someone uh, about um, Sarah Paul, yeah, yeah, Sarah allegations Young again. on the left. But this um, isn't just, uh, this isn't an overarching thing in general. This is what's happening right now and between that's what, those parties. And what, what blows my mind is this will absolutely blow over. Yep. And I believe there will be zero consequences of that. Yep. And I believe Scott Morrison will remain our Prime Minister. And I believe at the next election he will win it. Comfortably, because none of this matters. Someone killed themselves after allegations, well, you know, submitting allegations like this. Um, yep. And then the state of the world prevented some or action being taken on that. That person got away scot-free, is asking for sympathy. Scot-free. Scott Morrison's a cunt. Mm. Um, this person got away scot-free mm. and think that they're going to get away with it and they will get away with it because they are a rich, Sydney, uptight, wanker, piece of shit. He's Sydney. He's a Perth boy. He was in Perth Sydney. Perth, piece of shit, wanker, and will get away with it. And the He's Murdoch welcome. media will allow this to, go, to, to move on. He's welcome to go back to Perth. When this comes up at election time, none of this, in fact, no, this won't come up at election time because none of it matters because the Liberal Party will be the, the leaders at the next election. And I think you should have a long, hard look at yourself if you vote for a party that stands for this sort of shit. Because in the Prime Minister standing by this poor victim, Chris Dickhead, means that you support it too. So, Whether dickheads. or not. So the, the, my issue with it more than anything else is it cannot be proven false and it cannot be proven true. 
Mm-hmm. So, so Chris Porter is basically saying New South Wales Police closed the investigation, which they did. Channel Nine News also said they closed the case, which and cleared him. They've been saying he was cleared. He was not cleared. There was nothing to go on. Now, the most concerning thing I found about this is the fact that Christian Porter was never interviewed by New South Wales Police. Um, if accusations came out about anyone, I would have assumed they were, should have interviewed him. Um, but no one has, and that's because there's no complaining. The problem is because she withdrew her uh, accusations right before her death, there was no complaining party, which means there's no... But is Chris Porter fit but, for office? Well, as as the Attorney so, General of our country and upholding the law, so is he fit for office? Post the conference, no. Sarah Hansen-Young and many other ministers all agree that this is something that no one has ever seen in Australian politics before. This particular level of hype and mm-hmm. thing and the fact that he didn't resign because think about all the other things that have happened before. Bill Shorten never resigned, but Bill Shorten also went to court. So, mm-hmm. what, Well, actually, one thing that I just found very dodgy in Christian Porter's thing is one of the first things he mentioned mm-hmm. after he said to – he addressed um, the victim's parents and said, I'm very sorry, you have to bring all this up again. Don't you dare talk to them, but, Chris. Don't you dare talk to them. Yeah, no. Don't you asshole. dare talk to them ever in your life, ever, unless you are on your knees begging for them to not beat your head in with a bat. Do not ever talk to them. But after he said all that, one of the first things he said was, you know, I recall when this happened to the opposition leader, the former opposition leader. Speaking of, Bill mm. Shorten was accused in 2014 of something similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Bill Shorten went through due process and got found and there was nothing wrong, that he'd done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. So he went through the process. It's like an entirely different situation. If there, if you're in a situation, Chris, where you are neither innocent nor guilty because there's nothing to go on, which is exactly what happened. You don't get to then turn around and be like, "I've been cleared." It's also the same as that. If the case you're referring to went through the courts and nothing was found from it that way, there is nothing that happened at all, and you're clearly just trying to wipe your hands clean or something. Cleared of anything. You're not cleared of anything. When people that were with you on that debating team all reckon it happened, when you are known for being in high school a misogynistic pig, when you're known at university for being a misogynistic pig, when the Four Corners case came, or, or show came out and it showed that you were a misogynistic pig. And he admitted to it and he said, I've changed. Don't you dare turn around and be like, nah, didn't happen because you know what? It kind of looks like you're full of shit. So everyone in the Liberal Party right now is towing the line of the New South Wales Police has closed the investigation after finding Christian innocent. But not this was finding not the him case. innocent. Um. So, so one Fuck thing that, that I guy. found very interesting is Australia's laws surrounding rape and domestic violence are actually quite crap. Crap and outdated. We have one of the highest rates of domestic violence in the modern world. I think lenient would be a... Mm. Mm, lenient is a really good... So, yeah. Hugh Remington, which I don't often watch the project, but... Hugh Remington's a legend, They man. post. Mm. He was on the project tonight, and he said something, and he said, um, depending on the statistics that you read, so depends on which statistics mm-hmm. you get, but the numbers are still shocking, only 3 to 10%. 10% is the highest... Of reported cases, of reported rape cases in Australia are actually convicted, um, and that's ghastly. That's not convicted as in just like found guilty. That's convicted as in gone through the courts. Um, 
when you think about how low the number of people is are that are actually prepared to go forward with this mm. yeah. rather than just stay silent. So if you if you take that into consideration, the amount of rapes that just go completely ignored in Australia are must be ridiculously high because this is not stuff that people do document because you know obviously again people don't come forward and it's hard to gauge how many people haven't come forward yet. Um but it just shows that the Australian law is broken because this is something that, you know, the fact that our procedures in New South Wales, I don't know if this is in every other state, but I actually do know because of something that I went through a couple of years back in regards to nothing in this bad, but just regards to police stuff. Yeah, they can't interview mm. you over the phone. They have to interview in person. Mm-hmm. They couldn't even interview me over a zoom or anything when during COVID Mm. for this particular case, I had to make time to either go into the police station or Mm. they were going to send someone out to me. And Mm. I mean, I live with my granddad. I don't want police around Mm. here with him because he just gets all up in it. Um, But yeah, like, so maybe just as something as simple as changing the fact that we have to do it in person, maybe now with technology, we can do it over a zoom call. Yeah. And Um, may have prevented the death of someone. Yeah. Who was in a very vulnerable position. Just something to make access easier or just anything, really. Mm. The, mm. The, the streamline, that- the, streamline the process, not to the point where it's easy to for, for false claims to go through, but make it easier for these things to be able to come forward and be investigated thoroughly. I think I, no one's asking for this to be able to be you know, more people can, you know, he said, she said kind of stuff. No one's asking for that. People are just made, want it to be more efficient for these things to come to light um, with the correct, you know, the with the answer. You know, that's what we want. And the fact that that's not possible is ridiculous. So it's shocking. Christian Porter has taken mental health leave. Oh. Uh, he said he will come back to the government. I don't know how well anything he says from now on is going to be taken. Well, he's the Attorney General, so therefore the, the the way I'm looking at it is we can do whatever we want and just say that you're not feeling very well and need some mental health days and you can do whatever you want. Well, I think... Allegedly. I think this is a case in which the Governor General should step in. I don't often say that because I'm a bit... I think the Governor, Governor General, General is, is the most gutless person in the country besides Scott Morrison, so then I can do shit. Agreed. But this is in a case where I would, if the Governor General stepped in, because I, 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 I have a thing against the Governor General. I don't think it's not an elected power no. within Australia, which I find mm. annoying when he does step in. Mm-hmm. But this isn't a case. This is a case in which I would like him to step Again, in. Again, it's that won't somebody do something, as in you, Governor yeah, General? Yeah, because ScoMo won't. ScoMo's asshole. ScoMo is the biggest softie on the planet, as in the weak shit. I do want to point out something that my dad said, mm-hmm. uh, which Phil and Drew both had me on Facebook and I shared it, mm. um, in which he was talking about how we first found out about the absolute misogyny of the Liberal Party back when Julia Gillard did yes. her speech. Mm. And rather than change anything, it just seems to have gotten progressively worse. Correct. Um, but now we're all aware of it. So it's almost like watching a car crash happen and no one is doing anything to well, stop it. But that's it. the thing. Like, I, I want to know what 
the silent Australians? Because uh, Scott Morrison keeps talking about how his supporters are the silent Australians. Well, they're, what they're, are they thinking? they're racist, misogynistic pieces of shit that believe that fossil fuels are the way forward. Basically, it's news corp readers of the silent Australians. So that's who it is. And that's why they're going to win the next election and none of this is going to count for anything. The fact that Scott Morrison went to Hawaii during the bushfires isn't going to count for anything. The fact that he went and forced people to shake his hands after bushfires isn't going to count for anything. The fact that he did nothing about COVID isn't going to count for anything. The fact that he left it in the hands of the states to do stuff isn't going to count for anything. The fact that he stood by these people with these allegations and making incredibly offensive statements during a time like this is going to count for anything. He's going to win the next election, no problem. Mark my words, this country is doomed and Scott Morrison's a prick. I also just want to point out to some of the quotes from Christian Porter, which they found out in the Four Corners episode, Camera Bubble, just just if, in case anyone's doubting that he is an arsehole. He said that um, he published in an article that female lawyers are just well-dressed prostitutes. My God. And this is what I found very interesting is when he went to a debating tournament and was up against women... He said, our opposition's case has more holes in it than Snow White's hymen. Ah, he was also known as a very drunk flirt. And this is our attorney general, people. So. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, that that's basically that's where we're what's at. happened this That's week. Australian politics for you. And there's nothing that's positive that's come out of it except for, like, I think there's a lot of people who and there are a lot of people who are speaking up about it but I think the bad thing is is that the same they're not anyone new they're the mm. same people who always speak up about this shit. Yeah. So I don't know. No, I don't know where to you from here. Um Drew, what do we have next? Uh we have a little break and yes. then we are going to get into some uh, Holidays gone wrong because it's a lot lighter than this. Yeah, yeah. let's change yeah. it up a bit. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Scotty's holidays, which was all wrong. Yes, we'll talk let's about talk about our, our own. all wrong ones. Absolutely. Uh, but first, here's our what the quote. Yes, it's time once again for our favourite segment of two. <laughs> what the quote, uh, Bianca? Last week's quote was: "I got soul, but I'm not a soldier." And of course, for those of you out there who did not get that one, that is from the 2003 Killers song, All These Things That I've Done. Absolutely. I absolutely love that song. It's one of my, it, it is, I think, maybe my favorite song by the Killers, in fact. Wow. Yes, absolutely. Um, let's, though, get to this week's quote, Drew. This week's quote is uh, rather entertaining. My name is Kevin. I'm from Queensland. And I'm here to help. And of course, if you know where that quote is from and who said that quote, you can contact us on any of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Do we have anything else? Uh, I mean, you could light the beacons of Gondor. But yes, of course. Yeah. Well, you know, the normal well, stuff. Yeah. Okay. And we are back on um, this podcast. Its <laughs> name is Kent and the Steering Team. That's what it is. Yes. And for you, Drew, I will leave this um, fumbling in. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, we, we were talking um, briefly at the very end there about holidays, fun holidays. Yes. Fun holidays, extra fun holidays where they go horribly, horribly wrong. Um, why we're talking about this um, at all, I don't know, but I just thought it would be a hilarious 
Uh, topic to wrap I up the episode. I think when we decided on this, we were talking about... Something to do with holidays. You must have been talking about... I think it may have been when we were talking about... We were coming up with topics to talk about weeks ahead, and one of them was reboots versus um, sequels, mm. and we were talking about vacations. Yeah. That's the and one. then we were talking about vacations. We were like, wrong. holidays That's right. wrong. Yeah, we were talking yeah. about European vacations specifically. Yeah. And now here we are with holidays gone wrong. Because, Bianca, you had a holiday go wrong. A European holiday go wrong. I did have a European holiday go wrong. And I believe you on this. I'm with you. I support you. You you, you do. And I really appreciate that because I cop a lot of flack for this. Yeah, our audience will back Bianca. Won't we, um, friends? Of course. It technically wasn't your... So, I know. I, okay. I worked and lived in Athens for uh, about eight months in 2014. And great time, absolutely great time. And one of the jobs that I was very, very happy to get was I was working as a translator in Turkey for Greeks. Now, here's the fun fact. I don't speak Greek. (laughs) I only speak Turkish and English. So this isn't the funny part. How the hell did you get that job? Well, because the guy, one of the guys who I was working with, so one of the guys who was a producer I was, I was translating for a singer, a Greek singer, and one of the guys who was a producer could also speak English. So the Turks were talking to me, I was talking to the producer, and the producer was talking to the singer. Oh, Jesus Christ. A bit of a line. Um, but then, funnily enough, my dad still understands Turkish. And so I went on this holiday, and I said to my dad and my dad's partner, Dimitra, I was like, how about you guys come with me? You guys have taken care of me this entire time. They're paying for everything. I just have to tell them that mm-hmm. you're a part of the crew. They're like, yep, cool. Let's go do this. And we went to Turkey for a holiday. Um, and I feel like everything on this holiday went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly probably because I went with my dad and yes. Dimitra, who I love. But the chaos I, ensues. But there's a but. They are so chaotic and they're late to everything. <laughs> I think we almost missed a ferry or maybe we did miss a ferry and we got the next ferry. But anyway, that's not even the the chaotic part. So the chaotic part is um, during our time there. So we were in Denizli, which is a very beautiful city, kind of in the center of Turkey. Mm. Um, They have a beautiful stadium there Mm -hmm. um, called the Hera, Kopka, Hera something, because uh, it, it's a Greek stadium and it's next to Pamukkale, which is these massive fountain things. And it's an ancient stadium and this is where they were hosting the concert. Mm. Outdoors. And, oh, my God, I just remember the ending of this. <laughs> it made me laugh. So we're going there and I have to be there early, obviously. Of course. But I'm waiting for my dad and Dimitra. Yeah, so therefore you're not early anymore. Uh, so I think the show was starting at seven and we left at quarter to seven, um, which kind of ended up with me, a lot of people calling me and me translating over the phone whilst I was waiting for my dad and Dimitra to get casually ready. Mm. Um, and it's so stressful. So stressful. Philip has definitely been on with my family on some just (laughs) outings that have just left him amazed. I can't believe you're still my friend after half of them. Anyway. Uh, it's, it's hilarious. So we go, we, we leave the hotel finally, and to get to this outdoor amphitheater thing, you have to go up a giant mountain. 
Now they've already cut off access to cars on this mountain, um, but I have a VIP pass and my dad kind of waves it around and yells in English mm-hmm. until the Turks let us through. And I'm just sitting there like, <laughs> oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is so stressful. And as we go up this mountain, because it's closed off to cars, because, you know, the people and the crew should have been there like an hour ago, all of the people, all of the uh, audience members who are walking up to the amphitheater are actually walking up there at that point. And they're all around the car. And my mum has taught me one mm-hmm. thing. Lock the Lock. car. Yeah. And, <laughs> and this is why Philip believes me, because every time he jumps in the car, he has to, like, struggle to unlock the door, and then I have to unlock it yeah. for him. Um, so I always lock the car. And I go to my dad, Dad, lock the car. And he's like, it doesn't matter. It's fine. I'm like, Dad, there's a lot of people around us. Just lock the car. And he's like, no, no, no it's fine. Don't worry. He's like, we don't have to. And Dimitra's like, why are you so stressed? Why are you yeah, so, so stressed? Like, yeah, just so loosey So happy-go-lucky. Happy, so happy She's taken like over an hour to get ready. And I'm just sitting there going, I need to be there. Um, <laughs> and on this particular day, the heavens decide to crack open mm-hmm. and pour down rain as we are heading up this mountain. And I can see people start to freak out and panic because they're getting soaked and the whole ground is mud and they're sliding down the hills. And we're trying to still trek up it slowly through all these crowds. And I'm like, Dad, clock the doors. And as I say that, the back door flings open and a bride throws herself into our car. And my dad's like, what is in English going, what the hell is happening? What the hell is happening? And the bride is yelling in Turkish, please, please. My wedding is ruined. Please take me back to downstairs. My dress is ruined. And the guy and the groom jumps in behind her, shoving in her dress. And I'm in the back seat and the bride's like lying on top of me. Because mind you, pretty sure it's like a tiny Toyota that we're in. (laughs) (laughs) The The bride is on top of me. And trying to fit her giant dress in that's caked with mud and is like, please take me to the bottom of the hill. I'm like, we can't. We're running late. And I'm trying to tell her in Turkish. I'm like, we can't. We're running late. We have to be at the concert on the top of the hill. She's going, no, you can't. My day is ruined. My dress is ruined. You need to take me back. And my dad starts yelling at me going, Bianca, tell her to get out of the car. And I'm like, I'm trying to. She's not listening to me. I'm like, please we are running late. We can't take you back down this giant fucking mountain <laughs> through the crowds again. And it, she's like, no, no, you have to take me down. And I'm like, I am running so late by this point. Like, this I'm just. Go, I will be fired. I'm at, at this point, I'm just like, I don't know why I decided to do this lovely family mm-hmm. shindig. I should have just left them in Athens. So <laughs> we, we, we come to an agreement. And Dimitra is also like. Dimitra finally goes, well, just, Nick, just take them down. Just take them down. It's fine. No, no, Mind no. you, my dad can't speak Turkish. So I finally tell this couple, I'm like, okay, we're going to take you to the bottom. We're not going to take you all the way into the parking lot because that was another, like, thing. We'll take you to the bottom. There's people with umbrellas there. You can figure yourselves out from there. But I have to go to the top first. <laughs> and they, okay, that's fine. 
So we go up to the top and mind you throughout this, that then for some reason, and I remember this distinctly, the groom looked at me and goes, why don't your parents speak Turkish? I'm like, that's my dad. He's Greek. That's his girlfriend. She's Greek. And he goes, what happened to your mother? And I'm like, no, I'm trying to What does it matter? What the just, fuck does it matter? Your you and your bride can get out of the yeah. fucking car. So Wow. So and that was actually weirdly a question I copped a lot in Does your dad lock car doors now? No, he doesn't. How does that not change? No, but you know what the worst part about all of this is? No, no. Okay, you This going. isn't even you the end of the story. The I actually have to I completely forgot <laughs> the end of this, the proper end of yeah. the story. Yes. So we go up to the top, Dimitra and I go in, and in true Turkish fashion, they actually haven't finished setting up the the stage. Mm. They have to still put up the stage lights. And it's storming by this point, and it's an outdoor theater. And Dimitra and I got shuffled into the um, back kind of, it wasn't a room because it was literally a cave mm-hmm. um, where all the other representatives are. And we're sitting around, and there's this man giving out Turkish lemonade. For free to all of the reps. So I take one. Dimitra takes one. We head back outside and they're still putting up the lights. And the everyone gets moved away from the front of the stage. And mind you, dad's going back down with the bride and groom. Um, everyone's moving away from the stage because the lights are going up. But the finance minister of Turkey, his wife and their baby, their newborn baby and their security guard have all gone up onto the stage while everyone's backed away to avoid the lights in case they fall to take a photo on the stage. (laughs) This is the truly chaotic part. Then the heavens crack open, lightning strikes the light, and that light, a giant light fixture, which if you've seen like Mm. theatre lights are fucking massive. Yep falls down and cracks open on the minute finance minister's wife's head. My <laughs> God. The, the security guard kind of broke it with his arm. His arm cut straight in half, like not cut, sorry, yeah, broke straight yes. in half. Um, but she took a lot of the brunt on it with her head. She dropped the baby. The baby was injured, almost rolled off the stage, which was, if you think of like the amphitheater, think of like, any ancient Roman Colosseum, but with the stage cut out half from the audience and then it falls into a pit. The child almost fell into the pit. And I watched this. I watched (laughs) all of this unfold in horror. Then everyone was screaming and then we all got ushered back inside. And that's when my father chose to arrive. My dad arrives just as the ambulance are running by. He looks around at all the chaos, sees the freed, free lemonade. Me and the lemonade guy, mind you, are talking about the very serious thing that happened. And I'm like, oh, my God, I saw it. And I'm white-faced. Like, this was petrifying this thing. And my dad comes up grinning and he goes, free lemonade. I'll have one of those. And just <laughs> grabs one, cracks it open, and, like, chugs it all down. And the guy's staring at him in, like, horror because my dad's also tried to say this in Turkish but it's so bad and broken (laughs) that it's just not landing and he's looking at him like he's crazy and I'm just turn around and I'm like he's Greek 
And the guy just looked at a really understanding, like, oh, okay, that's okay. <laughs> to, to, this, to this day, though, to this day, though, Bianca gets blamed for the car doors being unlocked, despite the fact that she had no control over the doors. Locking or not. Or but you not. told him to lock the doors. She, she told him. I told him. You told him so to lock times. the doors. Now you know my pain, Drew. Now you know that Bianca's not at fault. Give you a hug for that. And just quickly. I so, I mean, oh. uh, the, see, that's an, an incredible story. Uh, unfortunately, mine's just way more simple than that. My my story is literally. Yes, Bianca? I was just going to say the finance minister also lost his wallet because I was walking. They He lost oh, his Jesus wallet in the Christ, bathroom the with f- all the foreigners. <laughs> so all of his security were walking around and trying to keep oh. us against the walls and no one knew why. I was the only one in the room at that point who spoke Turkish. Right. And all you could hear the finance minister's security guards going, we got to find his wallet, it's gone. Mm. Which I just found hilarious that the finance minister of Turkish... Lost Turkey his wallet, <laughs> the irony of it. Yeah. Sorry, that was the last part. No, it's... Um, <laughs> yeah, my, my story is pretty straightforward. Basically, when I was in India um, for work a couple of years ago, um, I was... Uh, lucky enough to go. So I was staying in a very wonderful five-star hotel. It's a sensational hotel. You know, it wasn't what I was anticipating. I was going to, uh, you know, stay in when I got to India. Blew the socks off of me. It was wonderful. It was fantastic. Um, we went and saw the Taj Mahal while we were in India. Um, and when we did that, that was no problem. It, we we were we got to Delhi. We we're planning on being there for one day. We're flying. Uh, we're flying in one day, leaving the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, we got picked up from the airport by our um, tour guide. Basically, um, didn't speak much English at all. Um, <laughs> but it, somehow we'd been able to organise this kind of remotely, and we're going to have someone meet us in Agra to go and see the Taj Mahal. Um, the for some reason, our our van driving us to the Taj Mahal from Delhi, which is about a three or four hour drive. Um, it took six hours because the thing was speed limited to like 60 k's an hour or something like that. And we were going on highways with no other cars around and we had to go slowly. Um, saw more poverty on that trip than any other part of India. It smelt more kind of um, what you'd expect or based on stereotypes expected it to smell like on this trip. Um, we uh, also um, got to see the Taj Mahal. It was wonderful and brilliant. Um, then when we got out back, got back to our hotel room after our six hour drive back again, um, it was the same chain, I believe, as the hotel we'd stayed in. But how many stars was this hotel again? Five star hotel. That's right. Both hotels were five star. Yes, Compare yes. the pair. Um, one was international five star. This was India, Delhi, five star. Think one star hotel anywhere else kind of thing. It was pretty rough. Uh, pretty rough. Not very good um, air conditioning in a very humid place. Um, When I say very humid, the carpet in the rooms, because obviously it was carpeted. um, You know, you know, on grass, if you even if it's if it's dry grass, if you kneel down on it, your knees still end up wet because there's just moisture in it. That was the carpet. I bent down because I dropped a sock and I got on my knees because it rolled under the bed. So I went to pick up my sock and... Yes, I had wet knees for the carpet. There were these weird, there were these weird dolls in glass boxes on the walls, just staring at you in bed. The air conditioning controls you couldn't control from anywhere but next to the, uh, sorry, but up um, at the wall. The only controls you had of the air conditioning next to the bed was the fan control. You could have it from room temperature air at low speed to room temperature air at high speed, blasting at your face. Um, now yeah. this is the same part of India where you saw the fake McDonald's drive-through. Yes, it, not? it was Agra. It was Agra. So we saw the Taj Mahal. We'd 
That was probably the most humid place I've ever experienced it without it raining. Holy shit, I was drenched in sweat. We got back to the car. We all just jumped in. We were hungry. The only food we'd eaten, of course, the only food we'd eaten on the way to Agra was at a Subway where we got our food, made sure to not get any meat in there. We didn't want to die. Um, we saw the, got the food. I think some of us, including myself, took like a bite of it. Some of us didn't even have a bite, and then we decided, no, thank you. So we'd seen the Taj Mahal and sweated a lot and yep. still on empty stomachs. Yep. The last food we ate was from our hotel in um, Hyderabad. So there we are. We finally get back in the car. The aircon, thankfully, blasting. Man, that car just fogged up in seconds yep. from our sweat. As it would. Um, and so we then, they said, would you like food? Should we get something local or something like, you know, like McDonald's? McDonald's, because we'd all seen those at McDonald's and we were like, McDonald's, we know they deep fry the shit out of that. We can eat that. We know that. <laughs> yeah, um, safe to eat. McDonald's we went there. International is the best. Oh, saved Same us. shit everywhere. We ordered, yep. well, we ordered from the window. The, we told the driver what we all wanted. It was all just 10 packs of nuggets. That's all we wanted. 10 packs of nuggets oh, and no, fries. Oh, no, I get nuggets. Because it's deep fried little Wait balls. Um, we then got our food after a, a little bit of a wait. And... Um, we very quickly noticed that none of the packaging had any actual McDonald's things on there. Nothing had anything to do with McDonald's. So this place clearly wasn't a McDonald's, but um, it was a fake McDonald's. So they had the food, food? We, we had to eat. We were so hungry at this point. We all ate. It was the only thing we ate in the entirety of our time in <laughs> Delhi until we landed again in Hyderabad. But... None of us died from it, which is good. It was all deep fried. <laughs> We're fine. We lived, thankfully. But um, the best part of the entire thing was when we got back to our hotel in, um, mind you, we, this is all prepaid for. We paid for all this stuff beforehand. The driver, uh, sorry, the tour guide asked for a little bit of a tip and we're like, oh, for fuck's sake. So we gave him some rubies, about 200 rupees, fair bit, because that's what he was asking for and wouldn't allow us to go without us paying that. We got back to the hotel in Delhi. Wait, wait. Hold on, you got sent with your job. This was on us though. This weekend oh, okay. away. This weekend away to, to Delhi was. They on were us. given a weekend away, and yeah, they... we were given weekend off. Yeah. We booked it to go and see that because okay, everyone else cool. had kind of gone and done this. Yeah, and we booked the same way that all the, these guys did. We got back to Delhi at our hotel in Delhi, our not five star hotel that we're all just like, what is this? To the guy then saying, "You're gonna tip me," and we're like. Well, you do. You just drove us. You didn't do anything. We you, we prepaid this. And he's like, no, but you have to tip me for this. And we're like, no. We had to pay him 500 rupees for that. I don't know what that works out to be. All I can say is it wasn't worth it. Um, Taj Mahal, not worth it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Because well, it is cool. It's amazing. It's just not worth anything else to do with it ever. And if you're going to do it, do Delhi in a day. Or do the Taj Mahal in a day. Fly from Delhi, get there with a faster driver, get back again and get on a plane out of there and do not stay in Delhi because, so, my God. I never want to go to India, but my mom and I were legitimately talking about mm. this on Sunday. <laughs> don't go to, we don't go to Taj. We both want to go to Taj. Nope. But no, we want to be rich enough so that we can fly into New Delhi, mm -hmm. catch a helicopter over to Taj, see it, catch a helicopter back out and then fly late and leave. Yep. We just want to do Love that it. in one day. I'd go back to Hyderabad in an instant. Happily. I, but I have no interest in going to much else. I have no I, interest in going to India. I will go I to India purely to see where my mum grew up, and that's the beginning and the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Drew, do you have a quick story on your uh, 
Oh, worst God. holiday. So I, I was racking my brain because of I, I spent a whole month on holiday last year, yes. and I couldn't think of a single horror story from it because it was actually mm. kind of brilliant. Um, Those are the best holidays. Though. Yes, they are. We don't aim to have bad holidays. No, no, we don't. So I've, I've had to think of, I thought of one isolated incident, but I've actually thought of two and they're very quick, thankfully. The first one was when I was seven years old, we went to Threadbow and it was my first time going to the snow and it mm-hmm. was wonderful. We spent a whole week staying at Threadbow before the landslide, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a year or two before the landslide happened. Anyway, um, on the fourth day, so we were there five days, I think it was the fourth day, I was with my ski group because I was with a lot of other seven-year-olds in a class Mm. uh, on the slopes. And we'd all pulled up on the side of Merritt's, which is the main mountain in Threadbow. And for whatever reason, my I, I was just an idiot and my balance went and I started sliding forward and I didn't have my stocks in hand. I put them down and all the other kids are just standing in the perfect row and there's me just sliding out. <laughs> and next thing I know, I've slipped straight down into a bush. Oh, <laughs> poor, poor little Drew. Drew. Poor little Drew. Yes. Thankfully, fatherly was not too far away with oh. his group. <laughs> And was like, oh. And was able to come over and get me down to the bottom of the mountain. I think that once when I went to the snow, I think one of my boots fell off. In, well, I was walking through the thing. Yeah. And my foot dropped down and I lifted up and my foot, uh, my boot came off. Yeah. My whole thing filled with snow and I put my shoe back on. <laughs> the whole day I was complaining about my foot being really, really cold. My parents kept telling me to be quiet. Um, till they got back and they tipped my shoe out and all that, that ice water came pouring out of my shoe. And they're like, oh. I could have gotten frostbitten, Mum and Dad. Could have lost my toes. I um did a three sixty on a toboggan when I was like five or six. That's impressive. There was a ramp, and my brother just kept saying, "Hold on to the." uh, My toboggan had ropes on either side. Was it about younger sisters just trusting older brothers implicitly? My my brother was pretty good with my safety. But then that meant that the times that he could... But that was the meant the times that he fucked up. It was bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, I remember grabbing onto the mm. the ropes and there was, like, a bit of a ramp. And he's like, sis, do you want to go on the ramp? I'm like, yeah, because I love slides. And, yeah, no, that, that thing took me far. And then I flipped. I did, like, a full rotation. <laughs> I remember going backwards. Oh, it's because I went back. And I, I went back and I did a full rotation, but I landed fine. That's impressive, though. It was impressive, um, you, but it was scary. You know what else is impressive, though? What? Our second of the week for this week. It, he is. He's Bianca, very impressive. Tell us. We all in, we're all in agreement with this. There's no nominations because we know who it is. So oh, yeah. This was easy. <laughs> there was no nom- Yeah. We, we watched it right before we recorded this and yes. we were, like, done. Um, so, again, really shit week in politics. We've tried to cheer you up at the end there, but... Really shit week in politics, but if you still need some cheering up, I really highly suggest going watching Sammy J's Political Playground mm-hmm. video, which is basically a spoof of uh, Play School, and he does it so well it could be a hundred percent. It's called yes, Political Limbo. Yeah, Political Limbo. It's fantastic. Um, I'm not going to say it anything on YouTube. more. I really think if you're listening to this podcast, just YouTube it. Do it. Yeah. It it's worth it. And if you're feeling disparaged about this week's politics, I mean, this is looking at it very disparagingly, mm-hmm. but in a very wholesome way that takes you back to childhood. It does. Look, <laughs> somehow it's possible. Do it. Check it out. But Sammy Jane, 
You are our sick Kent of the week. Congratulations. And on that, the end of that very long episode for you all, yes. um, thank you for sticking with us. Um, that brings us to the end. That's the end. That is yeah. the end. Um, Drew, Bianca, thank you. Thank you, Philip. Thank you, Bianca. Thank yep. you, Drew. Thank you, Philip. Thank you. Uh, until next week. Yep. <laughs>